Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the big show. This is episode, what are we, at eight, nine, something or something other? Something like that. Dim lights and stiff drinks, dive bars of Seattle. We are interested in juke joints, roadhouses, taverns, drinking establishments that have long, interesting history, and hopefully a seedy backstory that we can get into. Uh, we're not just talking about these places and dive bars in the Seattle area and the nope. quiet confines of some crappy home studio somewhere. Hell no. No. Nope. <laughs> we are uh, recording on location in the actual establishment. We are visiting. We are here. We're making the places the bad decisions of future regrets are made so you don't have to. As with me, I got Bob the producer on my left. Hey, now. Sweet Lou on my right and across from me, Stash Panda Brad. Hello. And... This episode, we are coming to you from the historic, infamous Zoo Tavern on East Lake. Just what are we? Just north of downtown, like uh, Lake Union kind of area. Yeah. We're gonna yeah. get, get into that a little bit more. Cue the animal uh, sounds. Yeah, the zoo. Could, it, yeah, you're gonna hear. Oh. Zoo has a brilliant game room, and you'll hear some ski ball. We got a lot of crap going pool. in the background. Yeah, yeah. a lot of crap. Video games fired this up is later. Some good stuff. And we're, we're going to get, in, get some into shuffleboard. that. Shuffleboard. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Like where we are, why we're here. What there's all sorts of cool stuff to unpack with this episode. And Indeed so, there Brad, is. why don't you kick us off with a little bit of history of the Zoo Tavern all here right. on Historic East Lake Avenue in Northern Seattle? Okay, so the building that we're in right now was actually built in 1902 and originally served as a neighborhood market called Heinz Public Market. And apparently somewhere in here, I haven't found it yet, they have the original sign for Heinz Market somewhere in the tavern itself. So I'm determined well, before a, we leave That's a Where's Waldo it. kind of shit right there. It's right? kind of a Where's Waldo thing. Uh, sell the Heinz Market? It was like a grocery store, a neighborhood grocery store. Okay. The market operated for a number of years until 1934 when it became a tavern. You know, this is one of those, I feel like a lot of the bars we've visited so far opened in 1934, right after Prohibition yeah. was repealed. That's yeah. true. It's yeah. kind of becoming a recurring theme, yeah. and this That's is one trend. of them. The Duchess was the exact yeah. same story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when it, opened as, when it first opened as a tavern, I believe it was known as Joe's Place, and then it went through a series of name changes and different owners over the years, including Joe's Max Joint, Tavern Joe's in Place. the 40s and 50s and the It'll Do Tavern in the 60s. It'll do, Brad. It'll I love do. That. In 1974, a group of people who lived in a uh, hippie houseboat community on nearby Lake Union purchased the tavern, and thus the East Lake Zoo Tavern was born. In true hippie fashion, it was formed as a worker cooperative. So according to local legend, the original owners wanted to open it as a co-op so they could make just enough money to drink for free. And I think the original idea was that they would each take turns bartending in exchange for basically never having a bar tab. So like... Co-op is is this kind of like like an Eagles Lodge or something like how how does think how does more that like work? PCC where yeah. all but, the but workers, for booze but for booze or things it's, like okay. the Globe Tavern or the Black or the Globe Restaurant in Capitol Hill or the yeah. Black Cat in the U District. It's a very hippie concept, and the fact that it's still here is mind blowing. And it's still a co-op. All those co-ops are basically, yeah, like you said, a bunch of mm-hmm. people who want to drink mm-hmm. for free. So there's not <laughs> right. a lot of business acumen in this collection. No, no. <laughs> and yet, they pulled it off. They pulled it All off. All those places I just mentioned are gone, but not the East Lake. Well, and so as far as it being a co-op, here's some interesting things. So being run as a co-op also means that if the zoo is ever sold, then each of the hundred odd people who have worked here over the past decades will receive some money. And apparently, they even have some formula to determine like how much money each person would make. $35 per person. <laughs> yeah. Here's your check for $5. Uh, 
Uh, like most traditional co-ops, all, e all Eastlake Zoo employees have a say in how the business is run. This includes everything from new hires, drink prices, and even if troublesome customers should be 86 or not. And by the way, I understand they're having a meeting in the back room right now to uh, discuss the Lou situation. So That's right. We're, we're, we're waiting to hear the results <laughs> of that. Potentially banned for life. Yeah. But we're, we're, we're voting against my you. Balls on the bar What'd you do forehead. this time, Lou? Yeah. Balls, forehead, bartender. <laughs> We told you to stop doing that. We warned you against this kind of behavior. The zoo is currently owned by a man named Howard Brown, who was a previous employee of the bar back in the late 70s. He ended up purchasing the tavern in the 90s and then selling it in the early 2000s. Unfortunately, after selling the bar, it sank into deep decline and it was even at risk of going bankrupt. So he repurchased it kind of like as a passion, like he really felt passionate about this place. Wait, wait, wait. Ran it into the ground to the verge of bankruptcy and then rebought the place. That sounds like a Trump play or something. What the hell? <laughs> I just think he really had a love for this place and he saw where it was going. So he repurchased it to kind of get it back on stable ground. And he did. He repurchased it in 2007, uh, brought it back to life. And his son is even tending bar tonight and might even stop by at the end of our segments yeah, and have a quick chat with right us. Yeah, now and he's the only guy here. Yeah, he's... If he wraps up and we're still here, he'll come up and yeah. do so, some mic time. So, so do, yeah, and he, In fact, he talked about busting out the chest to me and Jeremy. The chest? Yeah, he's got this chest of like, what it sounds like, of Eastlake memorabilia. Of oh, like yeah. pictures from all the derelict league softball You're speaking my language, man. I would love so, to see this. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was talking to him at the beginning, and he was basically telling me that most of the original co-op owners that started this thing back in the early 70s, a lot of them have passed away, and this, this Howard Brown guy is one of the only OG members still around. So That's hopefully cool. he stops by and we could talk to yeah, him, nice. it sounds like he's got some interesting stories. Can you, can you still buy into the... Find the co-op? <laughs> I think you got to work. It's an employee cooperative, so you got to work here. So... Oh. so um. Does drink here count as work here? <laughs> I don't think so. Since becoming the Eastlake Zoo, the bar has expanded in size to include the famous game room that we're kind of overlooking right now. We're on the second mm -hmm. story looking down on all the games and stuff. Uh, some people have described the Eastlake Zoo as a Chuck E. Cheese for adults. Uh, and it's kind of appropriate. I mean, it's stocked with pool tables, oh, ski God, ball. If there were animatronic mice in the corner, that would just that would, that would make it. That if would only. really make it. I mean, they got it all. There's ping pong tables, darts, shuffleboard, pinballs, and an official-sized snooker table. Do you guys know the difference between pool oh, yeah. and snooker? It's so cute. The snooker table. It's, so, uh, it's, so, it's, it's adorable. It's cover. It's oh, wait. I figured we should discuss this because we're probably going to encounter more Yet another scenario tables. where all of our listeners are going to be frantically Googling this shit as we talk. Maybe, Snooker maybe. Snooker table. Well, let me drop some knowledge on you. So, pool is played on a table with six pockets and 15 balls. Whoa, plus whoa, whoa. An, plus Slow an additional down, cue ball. What is the 15 balls? Is that like going over your head? Yeah, yeah. You still trying to wrap your head around it? <laughs> Carry the one, there's minus two, <laughs> the Go on. There are a number of different types of pool games, but the most common is eight ball, which is probably the one that we're most familiar with. That's mm. the one I've always played. Snooker tables, on the other hand, are larger than pool tables, like the one down there, but the six pockets so are smaller. Big. We got to take the cover off because I want to see what the, uh, the actual table looks like. And it uses 15 pink numberless balls and six numbered balls and one cue ball. So are you with us, Lou? Uh, repeat how ma repeat how the many, color of the how balls. How many pink numberless balls does it have? Quick. 15. Good job. You were paying attention. All right. And what are the other ones? 
Uh, six numbered balls and one cue ball. That's okay. A, that's a lot of balls. So... No wonder the table's so big. That is a lot of balls. That is a lot of balls. And apparently with snooker, one of the main differences is that you don't have to just use the cue ball to hit other balls with. You can use, I believe, the six numbered balls to hit other balls with, in addition to the cue ball, which, you know, of course you can't do that with the pool. Um, that sounds complicated. It does sound kind of complicated. But, you, you know, gonna snooker your I balls. these were drinking games down here. But it's just like, pool, if you're familiar with it, it's what probably the hell? not so bad Is at all. Is there a Mahjong table down there, too? <laughs> <laughs> An abacus. <laughs> The other cool device in this bar is that it has a working coin-operated breathalyzer. And I think that's towards the entrance. So overall, it's the Eastlake Zoo's operation as a long-standing cooperative that really defines its true spirit. Unlike most of the other bars we've visited so far, there have been no salacious scandals, police raids, or shocking crime stories connected with the zoo's past. That we know about. That we know of. Maybe the, the owner's son will come up and... But I, I didn't see any in my research. Rather, since its inception in 1974, it serves as kind of a long-standing symbol of the old, hippie-ish granola Seattle that we all remember. In a certain sense, the Eastlake Zoo is the REI of Seattle bars, and I mean that in the best way possible. And we're right down the street? And we're right down the street from it. Lastly, the zoo is a true tavern in that they serve beer and wine only, no hard alcohol, which Jeremy, I believe, is going to discuss further in his segment what you drinking oh man and this is this is some good stuff we got going on here this is um so first of all i am totally crushing on the beer selection at the zoo right yeah it's good we've talked about pretty much every place we've been so far has had a pretty decent beer selection right Mm -hmm. like we talked about how like seattle it's a beer town man you cannot have even the diviest of dive bars you're gonna have a pretty good beer selection but so far the zoo pretty much topping everybody here and oh nice so what you drinking right so i'll start off here i am drinking black raven kitty cat blues mixed 50 50 with pelican brewing cream ale i almost got that oh my god is it good it's it's delicious and the cool thing about it is it was suggested to me by the bartender Right? So you walk up to the bar and you're like looking at the tap handles, thinking, hmm, what am I going to have? And you're looking over, oh, they have some good stuff here. They have Jolly Roger uh, Christmas Ale. That's cool. I love Christmas Ale, dark beers, blah, blah, blah. You're like, oh, Black Raven. Love Black Raven. Oh, Kitty Calabooza. That's kind of usual blueberry ale. You don't see that on tap very often, blah, 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 blah. Bartender comes over and is like, oh, if you like that, try this. And he's rattling off all these cool 50 50 mixes and shit that he's like coming off the top of his head or whatever. I'm like, wow, spot on. Did 50-50 with the Black Raven Blueberry Ale and Pelican Pale, uh, Pelican, excuse me, Cream Ale. Delicious. He called, he says he called it, a, what, a blueberry pie or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah, delicious. that's true. It, so, can, it hits your palate when you take it. It's awesome. Sip. Yeah, it's delicious. So, Black Raven Brewery, one of my favorites. Excellent beers. All their stuff is really good. It they is, make, yeah. You know, the Kitty Cat Blues is a, is a blueberry pale, which is, you know, not to everybody's taste, right? I like it. A lot of people don't like fruit beers, and I'm looking at you, Brad. You're not a big <laughs> fan of fruit beers. No, I'm not. A lot of people are like, yeah, blueberry, what the hell? I don't know. <laughs> right? But it's good. Mixing it with the cream ale, genius. And the fact that you walk up to the bar, it, and this is without a doubt a dive bar. It's a diving place. You walk in, you're looking at the place, whatever, dive bar, okay. You're looking at the beer, thinking, ah, oh, I'm not sure what I'm going to drink. The fact that, you know, A, they got a great selection of beers on tap. Awesome. Kudos to the zoo. And the bartender comes over to you and 
super like upscale styles. Like, well, why don't you try this custom concoction? Then I blah blah. Yeah, blah, he's blah, almost blah. curating these. Like, these oh hell yeah! Custom mixes, yeah, yeah that's for awesome. Sure. And I was like, all right, that's like two stars already for the zoo. I'm 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 loving it. How about you, nice. Lou? What you drinking, man? Well, he was mentioning to me that they're good friends with the Maritime Brewery folks. Oh, really? And so another see, got, another favorite brewery. Yeah, they've got three Maritimes up there, and this is the the dry hopped lager. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That, I usually that's don't drink lagers, but this one actually, when you think of lager, you think for sure. Bud Miller Coors. Totally. But this is like a Bud Miller Coors. It's actually delicious. So, I've been kind of on lagers lately. I've been kind uh-huh, of on a lager uh-huh. kick lately, and uh, I was eyeballing that one. Fascinating that you mentioned that, right? Like, typically, you go into a dive bar. We talked about this before. You're going to get the staples, right? You're going to get, like, a Coors Light, maybe a Rainier, or, like, a Miller, or a Schlitz, or something like that. Uh, I haven't you know, seen Schlitz in a while, though. That's true. Right? <laughs> the, the dive bar staple fares, right? And the fact that you come here, and they've got a lager, but it's an awesome dry-hopped dry yeah. maritime lager. It's like, okay, they're just kind of taking it to a whole other level. I don't think they have any of the regular commercial lagers here, do they? I didn't notice any. Do I they? don't see I, any. I think in cans only. But oh, is it in cans? But nothing on the tap. Yeah. They don't have any, like, There's even no rainier. There's no shit on the draft. Yeah. There is no shit on the draft. Yeah, yeah. in fact, they don't even have the Bodie Manny's. No, they do have Manny's. Oh, they do have Manny's. They do have Manny's, but but that was it. His two versions Mm -hmm. of a commercial Mm -hmm. beer are when we've got Manny's and we've got Fremont uh, Brewing Lush. Yep. Those are his two commercial beers. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Which are both awesome beers. Which are both amazing beers. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So three stars. You can buy those in a grocery store, and most of these taps you cannot buy in a grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. Said it before, said it before. You know, we are in a beer town. Even the Diviest of Dive Bars is a, is a beer tavern. Uh, Zoo's no exception, but I, I think I think Zoo's kind of taking it to another level. I believe you're right. Brad, what are you uh, putting I in am your drinking, uh, beer hole? What am I throwing down my gullet? I am drinking the Sky Kraken from Fremont Brewing. You just mentioned Sky that. Sky Kraken. Oh, yeah. It's their uh, hazy, and it's quite tasty. Yeah, it's a hazy IPA. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. It's really good, yeah. Yeah, that's a good staple. I like it. And yeah, when you look around here, they've also got one of the reasons he said like they love maritime is that when the guy comes in, he starts decorating the place, the the salesman from the bar. So when he oh yeah, he oh, like leaves, the neon signs and stuff. There's plenty of them on yeah, the wall. Yeah, yeah plenty yeah, of he them. He just comes in and starts decorating oh. for a half hour, and then says, "What do you want?" And they're like, "Ah, oh, I guess I gotta buy a bunch more." We got Fremont beers. Fremont. I'm looking at a Miller Light neon sign of the wall, which is actually pretty cool. It's an old school Miller Light. Yeah, that is uh, cool. Sign which I think looks, by the looks of it, has been here for decades on the wall. And it's an equal opportunity bar if you come in here and you're, yeah, for sure. you're a pussy who doesn't like beer. Look what's behind you, Jeremy. <laughs> I noticed that. A white claw. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, okay. All right. Minus a half a star for the yeah. white claw sign. But uh, but it's a cool <laughs> we'll one. Awesome. We'll give that one to him. It's in the corner. It's buried behind some, like, cool memorabilia. So we'll, we'll let it pass. We'll but let it in pass. the zoo's defense, I mean, when you're walking around this place looking at the walls, it's kind of like a just awesome museum i mean right oh, now yeah. i'm looking at Museum's all these old school sure. bumper shoot posters from probably the 90s they got a, a wall full of photos from the original crew back in the 70s the hippie houseboat community crew they got an old bicycle up on the walls 
Uh, I mean, it's amazing. You can just spend probably a good hour here just looking at all the stuff on the wall. Yeah, so I'm, I'm loving the chalk graffiti that goes all the way up yeah. to the ceiling. Like yeah. somebody, somebody had let to me, get on a ladder and reach up there and climb on that. One wall in the game room. That's literally what's that, Jeremy? Twenty feet. Oh yeah, easy. And there's chalk graffiti all the way up to the top. So someone's coming out here with the ladder. I'm imagining I'm imagining drinking, three probably. people getting drunk and climbing up on each other's shoulders <laughs> to to write their initials up in a corner. What over could there. possibly go wrong? Yeah, yeah. And when you think about it, if, if you want to carbon date those in the evidence lab, I bet they've been there forever. Because nowadays sure, yeah. you wouldn't bust out the ladder no. and let a couple <laughs> <No>. chuckleheads <laughs> you know, get sued. But back in the day when it was a co-op, like yeah, get the That's ladder. That's a great back. idea. Let's do it. Let's get it. Hey, I got a great idea to put on the wall. <laughs> no, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure those are decades old. So, yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, right. we, got a, we got a fat tire bike on the wall, a big-ass yeah, bear rug. And uh, what, what's the deal with the, uh, like, alligator man? Was that a ship's Banshee? mascot kind of whatever thing going on hanging from the ceiling? That yeah, is crazy. It's a, it's a flying skeleton demon. It's a Banshee. Oh, flying skeleton it's demon. It's a Banshee. Thank oh, you, yeah. Oh. Then, is, is it a, like a ship's mascot banshee or just a generic banshee? No, I think it's your atypical well, banshee. Well, you can't see it from here, but there's a papier-mâché dragon on the other oh. side of the wall there. And apparently, I was reading, that came from some like elementary school play that they did, and they had it left over, and the zoo was like, I'll take it. And so it's been there probably for you know the past 30 years. Naturally. So you got to love that. I mean, you know. You guys done with that papier-mâché dragon? <laughs> Give me five bucks for it. We got some moose horns just <laughs> off to the uh, yeah. off to the right here. Yeah, this is a really cool. Yeah, game. this place has got a great vibe. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome vibe. And it's also like uh, it's sneaky. If you look at it from the street, it's a tiny door on yeah. the corner, and it's small. You, you and would right think it's next a, to it. There's another business butting up against like it. Like speakeasy in, style, you walk right? In, it's yeah. like a big. You're walking into yeah. a big barn or and something. It looks small, and then you walk over around the corner, and all of a sudden this place explodes. It's five. Six times bigger than it looks from the street. Yeah, it's a monster. In fact, you talked a lot about the co-op. Who owns the real estate? Did you ever find that out? That I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe we can run because that past the that's uh, owner's son. The whole son. key to survival here is that they've oh, got the a last man on the lease of the co-op. I'd imagine. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Maybe if the co-op themselves own it. I don't know how that works. You know, that's a good point too, because this is a pretty prime location. I mean, oh, it's, and it's it's not high density. This hell yeah, be a monster. Oh, there's a multi for sure, yeah. for sure. And it's not like super, you know, gentrified kind of neighborhood like some areas in Seattle. But it's getting there. Yeah, it's, it's getting, getting there. there. What's well, close enough to Lake Union and Amazon? Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. We're spitting distance from the Amazon campus. It's yeah. like that 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 uh, creep is gonna like make its way up here eventually. Yeah. So that's really impressive that it's still here because either one you've got. The best case scenario is you got a landlord who just doesn't care and he loves the zoo and he's a regular and he gave him like a 80-year lease. He's like, what, so, I can drink for free? Yeah. A thousand years for a penny. <laughs> <laughs> or the co-op actually got their shit together enough to buy the building. Yeah. Back in the day, it would have been relatively affordable. Yeah, sure. Let's hope that's the case. Yeah, let's hope that's the case. Yeah. Because, yeah, this is a total... Uh, they don't the make them like this anymore. The so. no, all sure. of the condos no. will be built around the zoo, and the zoo will be like the only remaining single-story old dilapidated place. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that house in Ballard. The, yep, the, hell yeah. The basis for Up. Yeah, Gotta totally. hope so. Oh, yeah. Well, no, it came... That, that happened after Up. That's in my neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, and that's actually gone now. She actually passed away. Aww. Oh, did she? Yeah. Very shortly after construction. Is there a bar there now? Can we go... 
Should we go record? Uh, well, yeah, if you want to record at a Trader Joe's. Well, actually, right <laughs> near there is, is Mike's Divey Chili Parlor, oh, oh, where we're going. Go. There you go. And it's kind of like that. All right. When you go to Mike's Chili Parlor, there's Mike's Chili Parlor, which is like this old institution. You guys will see. And then it's just completely surrounded by new construction. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Lost Rest for Last, Trader Joe's. Yeah, all Xfinity that. Condos. Yeah, all that stuff. Uh, Mars Church is down there. Oh, yay. Let's record there. <laughs> That'd be fun. Is that still around? I thought they shut down. No, they rebranded. Yeah, they church. Down, but it's still a church. Okay. It, yeah. Okay. They're still renting it out. It's worth noting, too, where we are physically sitting right here is at, at a table that's probably the most oh, it's a fucked table. up, like, yeah, scratched, like, it, it, like carved, uh, initialed kind of... Been around the block. Yeah, this is a crazy-ass yeah, table. this is an original and, table. And, and then all around us is, like, the same shit, right? There's, like, tons of tables are all yeah. carved with initials or whatever, and there are you know, a bajillion drinks spilled all over them and stuff. All of the railing is all carved with initials and names and dates and stuff. Seasoned. And the whole place just reeks of that kind of, like, dive bar. Like, yes, the history is there. Yeah. It's, like, in the wood. It's in the, in the bones. It's in the concrete. Can't escape it. It's a good way Love to it. describe it. Yep. Love it. Yeah, in fact, the original sign is on the wall here in front of us. That's, Love that sign. That's 70 years old. Well, now, Brad, you were talking about how supposedly there is not even older than this one. So we're looking at East Lake Zoo Tavern, old sign hanging up on the wall, pretty damn cool. But there's somewhere around here, there's a sign that's even older than that one of the yeah. previous Yeah, well, when the building opened, it opened in 1902, over 100 years Tavern? ago. No, Heinz Market. So Heinz this Market. building was yeah. originally yeah. a market, as I was saying, like an old grocery store. All right. uh, and supposedly, I'm, and I'm determined to find this, the original sign for that is somewhere in this bar. It's in the chest. You're going to miss it, Brad. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> it's worth noting, too, that you talk about the games. There is, like, what, five pool tables, including the Stuker, which is pretty badass. We got some skee-ball, which is you know pretty cool and rare, right? Not many plays that skee-ball. And one, two, three, four, at least... A four or five pinball, which personally, yeah, I think any joint now, that's got a pinball table. But not just any pinballs. Did you guys check out the pinballs? Maiden. I Iron Maiden pinball. <laughs> Does it get any better than that? Does it get any better than that? <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, no, nice. I took a picture of that. I'll post up the uh, pinball selection on the Instagram and the Facebook. But they've and got, it has a, uh, a pretty cool Star Wars that's, pinball. That's too. Yeah, the Bally got, machine that actually got sued by Iron Maiden because it was not officially licensed, right? <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. Yeah, no, you've got Iron Maiden, you've got Junkyard, you've got Star Wars, and Deadpool. And good they, good they selection. Rotate. Yeah, good selection. Yeah. Um, our friend Avon, who owns Shorties, that's what... He started yeah, before we're he gonna hit shorties here he too. Was just a pinball guy, and he would right. go to bars and rent out and maintain and swap out pinball machines for bars. So. Yeah. Gone fishing. So it's rotating. Gone fishing. You guys ever play that pinball game? That's oh, the, that's yeah. the best oh, game. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. the one where you actually yeah. grab the like the fishing Kinda reel to shoot little, the ball. Yeah, yeah. Of that yeah. is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a classic. That one in Funhouse. Funhouse. Okay. Funhouse. Yep. With the with yep. the clown face. Kind of like an amusement park themed pinball. Okay, Got classic pinball. Old school too. Yeah, my fa- uh, the mouth what's opens. Your favorite, Jay? Oh, my favorite was Black Knight. Remember Black Knight? No, that, that was one of the first dual level tables. You know, had this like the oh, separate okay. level where you take the ramps up. Whatever. That was oh, one of the yeah, first yeah. ones. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that, that game was great. I've never seen that. I, I put a uh, Adam's Family. 
Oh, Ooh, that was a yeah. classic. Adam's yep. Family. Yeah, yeah. that's a great pinball machine. Mm-hmm. You'll still see it. There's uh, bars in Seattle. Still yeah, the original um, Alien pinball. Remember with the infinity lights in the in the back glass? That was yeah. a good one. Nice. We're going way back. The Evil Knievel pinball. Do you guys, do you guys remember that Ooh. from like the seventies? No. Where I grew up, where he's like on a, on a mic, mom and, popping a wheelie in yeah, the back Yeah, 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 yeah. The mom and pop store near where I lived, I used to, I used to buy all my candy from when I was a kid. Had one in there, so. That's like the sound it would make. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Cycling through. How did that go again? I can replay it. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, you started, Lou, talking about, like, who owns the property. Like, why don't you get into uh, where we're at? Where are we at, Lou? Well, if we can take five, I can go to the King County Assessor's website and tell you exactly who owns the property. Why don't we take five and get another beer? All right. All right. Sounds good. good. Okay. Five. All right. All right. Well, we filled up our glasses. So we're in good shape now. Real quick, I, I got uh, an Nikasi Dry Hop IPA, which a delicious beer. Nikasi, one of my favorite breweries. But this is a limited edition release that the bartender was telling me is like, you gotta you gotta like know somebody to get a keg of this shit, right? So is it an IPA? It, it is. It's a, a single hop now, dry, dry hop IPA. Oregon brewery, right? Aren't they from Portland? Nikasi. Uh, Nika- yes. Yeah. And so, A, oh, man, that's great delicious. beer, I got that. great beer, great brewery, but the fact that these guys somehow got their hands on a very limited edition, coveted uh, a keg of this stuff is, again, it's another star in, yeah. <laughs> in the zoo's book, right? Definitely. Great shit. Nice. What do you got for round two, Brad? Jeremy sold me on the beer he was drinking, the half and half, which is, what is it again? The blueberry pie, yeah. The blueberry uh, pie. Black Raven uh, Kitty Cat Blues. Yeah. And uh, Pelican uh, Cream Ale. Yeah, very good. Yep. And I'm not normally a fan of uh, fruit beers, but this is this is quite tasty. So. Yeah, and the fact that you're giving it praise, Brad, I think is, is pretty high praise. praise. Yeah, because you are definitely... I'm not, I'm not down a fruit, fruit beer guy. No, I'm not. So. <laughs> but, but you love pumpkin spice beer, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah as, as do we all. Can't get yeah. enough of it. Yeah. <laughs> Blueberry lattes. That's right. What, what you got there, Lou? Uh, I went, uh, since I got a lager on the first round, I thought I'd go IPA, and the only one I saw there was the Lush Fremont. Oh, Fremont Lush. I, yeah. Which is, mm-hmm. yep. it's uh, the opposite end of the spectrum where the lager is smooth, and this is hoppy as all yep. get out. yeah. Yeah. Punch you in the face. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. And I understand you guys got some good info about the snooker table. So you guys want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. The guy was telling us that the snooker table it has a cover on it right now. And we asked, can we peel it back and take a picture of it later? And he was like, oh, yeah, go right ahead. But the reason we got it covered is because we just had that thing refinished. And with the snooker table, with the pool table, any... Joe Blow in America can refinish a pool table, but to finish a snooker table, they had to fly a dude over from England to refinish it. Like, there's nobody, there, there are no snooker experts in the States. And so. Yeah, and apparently this guy just came back from doing his thing in Australia. Really? Highly, uh, very specialized. He had to go go to Australia to finish re, re, you know, snooker tables over there, flew back home to England, and then 
got his ass over yeah he said another place too he was like he went to australia and then morocco and then he came and did our pool table sounds like a good gig actually world tour snooker table refinishing guy high demand yeah, so that's why they got the cover on it. Don't be fucking spilling your beer on this. <laughs> yeah. cool table. Oh, sorry, sorry, man. Oh, man. I guess you'll have to get them back out here. <laughs> Can I get a rag? <laughs> Even more importantly, I had no idea that snooker was so huge in Morocco. <laughs> Go figure. Who knew? Who yeah. Knew? And I think it's got like some masking tape on the cover there. What, is it, what does it say? Can you it read that? It says no drink on table. I think uh, there's a couple yeah. exclamation okay. marks. Yeah. So they yeah. really Case like, in point. Yeah, case in point. We just paid, nice. you know, an arm and a leg to get this refinished. No drinks on it. Another cool factor is he was saying that not only did they get this dude in from England to recover this very specialist snooker table, a local regular patron of the bar paid for it. That's right. Because he That's was right. a big uh, big snooker fan and, and used the table and was like, you know what? Nice. Yeah. Sounds awesome. very co-op-y. Very co-op. Yeah, very co-op. Nice. And look around. At the, it doesn't look like the clientele's uh, very flush, but uh, you can't tell nowadays. Well, it's old school Seattle bar. It's you could be Seattle. sitting next to a millionaire in right. flannel yeah, and a torn up pair of jeans. Yeah. So, yeah, you want me to uh, tell you where we're at? Where are we at, Lou? Where are we at? Oh, we're in the rich history neighborhood of East Lake, Seattle. It's so rich, I had to... Wait, wait, e- east of what lake? Lake Union. Uh-huh. That's right. I, I had to pare it down because it's such a rich <laughs> history. East Lake is named after the street that runs through it. Huh. On the other side of East Lake, there's a street called West Lake. Huh. Back to you, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where's North Lake? There is a North Lake. And we're South Lake. Uh, they're all there. Yeah, they're all there. Yeah, North Lake, yeah. East Lake's a tweener neighborhood. It's where it's an arterial to get from the U District to downtown. Mm-hmm. So if you don't live here, there's really no reason to come here except for uh, Serafina. There's a mm, yeah. delicious Italian restaurant just a block down from where we're at. Seattle Institution. It's been a minute since I've been there. but well, that is I don't know. There, there is a Chipotle, so, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's got white tablecloths, a very nice restaurant, but not super expensive. It's yeah. Italian food, so like yeah. $25 entree. Yeah, not to Serafina. Yeah, yeah, place is awesome. Yeah. Any uh, listeners who haven't heard of it, that's a good uh, date night. Good place to take your missus. Went there on my anniversary, FYI. So oh. East Lake is kind of uh, oh, nice. It's bracketed in between the freeway and Lake Union. So East Lake's actually only about eight blocks wide, and that's it. And it, there's this big street cutting through it. And uh, you got Serafina. You've got um, oh, the first Red Robin is on East Lake. That's or was right. On East That's Lake? actually That's pretty right. cool. Yeah. Right Long at, closed. Yep. yep. Yeah. Right yep. at the yep. foot sure. of the bridge. That's no, about I, it. I imagine this was a, probably a pretty but, cool little homey residential neighborhood until a big, massive three-story I-5 was built in, like, what, the <laughs> yeah. 70s or something, Late right? Late 70s, yeah. You know, so I bet a lot of people yeah. living in this area were like, oh, fuck. Oh, totally. And yeah, you'll, I'm sure. you'll see that when you drive here. Even though there's not shit to do here, there's nowhere to park. Because yeah. Because it's all apartment buildings. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep that in mind. Um, yeah, but you're a couple... Uh, actually... Here's something. You're a couple blocks from the water where we're at. And, uh, yep, I can see the water from here. You're in houseboat land. Like, uh, yeah, you're sleepless right. in Seattle. Yeah, a houseboat right. is just down oh, the street. There's a ton of them over there. Oh, is it? Okay. You can literally yeah, see them cool. from here. East Lake is the houseboat neighborhood. Mm-hmm. 
If you don't live in Seattle, it's a house that floats oh, on man, the water. Oh, man, you know, and, and <laughs> way back in the day, you know this is better than I do, like, houseboats used to be what you would live in if you didn't We're have homeless. much money, right? But now, I'm looking at, like, oh, the, the houseboats yeah. on Lake Union now, and they are fucking expensive. Well, I mean, the original co-op that formed here, they all lived on houseboats. They were all just hippies that lived on houseboats. They had a community out there, mm -hmm. and this was their tavern. This is where they came to, to drink at night, so. Yeah, and, big and part of Seattle all, history. all of them have been, like, booted out of the area for affordability reasons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't afford that houseboat anymore. Can't afford to drink here anymore. Can't afford the real estate. Get the fuck out. Well, that's one of the good things about houseboats. I actually know a little bit about it because I have a client who builds houseboats in Seattle. Oh, shit. It's a quaint thing that everybody thinks is cool, but the city fucking hates them because they don't want anything on the waterfront. It's got to be pristine. Like, there's seals coming through Lake Union. And so they well, lay... Won't, won't they think of the crabs? Won't somebody think yeah. of the crabs? Well, isn't with houseboats, you can't have... You can only have a finite number of houseboats, right? There can only be a certain number of houseboats. That's true. The city and put a moratorium on it, and they, yeah. they wanted to get rid of them. And like you said... All those hippie co-op guys, those are still the same houseboats. There's not right. a lot of new construction houseboats. So when you think about it, it's floating on the water. And the guy I knew actually built houseboats, and he was a Navy. Like, like, fr like new from scratch, or was yeah, he like refurbishing shit? And he's, okay. he was a, an engineer who built hulls for uh, Navy boats. So he was going to build houseboats with these metal hulls. But these do not have metal hulls. They're fucking rotten, like... Norwegian uh, wharf rat. Yeah, technically a houseboat you can means it's propelled. You can move your house, but most of these are floating homes or it's like a like, house, a, like a mobile home. It's like it, they, they ain't, in most cases they ain't mobile, right? Like no, actually, I to think they have that, right? to be mobile because what what I remember hearing, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but what I remember hearing is they have to be mobile and they have to prove to be seaworthy. Like you can actually take them out, and I think once a year. You have to actually take your houseboat out if you're a houseboat owner, and bring it out and kind of do a sail out on the sea and then bring it back and in front of an inspector. Have you guys heard that before? No, that's fishing actually, trip up to Alaska. Is, yeah, on your houseboat. Yeah, <laughs> is that yeah. an urban yeah, myth. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that is an urban myth because most of them are floating homes. They really? Have no engine. Yeah. Um, there are houseboats, and those are like what you described, Jeremy. Basically, a homeless guy who's living on his boat some dilapidated old boat. So the city put a moratorium down because they're like, these floating homes are all going to rot and fall into the an insurance sea. Nightmare. And when they do, we're not replacing them. So they said, no new houseboats on uh, on Lake Union. What are, what's there is finite. But yeah. if you own a houseboat, you have a medallion. And so there's a finite number of medallions. And my guy went and started scooping up all the medallions. You can, you can literally see the medallions. They, st they still have to be, like, visible. Yeah. Yeah little badge on your door and so he went around and started buying all these dilapidated homeless people boats to get medallions and he was replacing them with one and a half million dollar oh, right. house barges yeah. and the city was like businessman no 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 <laughs> floating McMansion so he went through a two year lawsuit with the city and won nice and he could afford to do that and so because what they don't want the is you sold. replacing a houseboat with a million and a half dollar houseboat because there's no property taxes oh okay it's not on property so it's like buying a car you pay your sales tax and that's it they're and not so, eating a piece they're not eating off of that but I think that's they get right. their money from houseboat owners in other ways they do. There used to be, it was just a property. Or, I'm or sure the a, insurance a must be property. through it's the like roof. More, essentially like a mortgage fee, right? 
Well, you have to pay yeah. that plus because yeah. you're on a dock, so you pay a monthly yeah. rental fee for the dock space that you have. But, Canoe uh, parking is super expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to pay, like, there's a whole sewage cost, there's electricity well, no. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he just dumped that in the, in the, in the lake, it's fine. Because <laughs> yeah. of his lawsuit, they changed the way it used to be. Is It used to be, went like when you bought a car, you paid sales tax on it and that was it. Now they have an annual renewal fee of yeah. a personal property tax. So it depreciates over the years and gets smaller. But they get their money get, somehow. They, they get you, yeah. That's interesting, though. Did you guys I ever really, go on uh, Mary really Beth's houseboat when she yeah, lived on a houseboat? Yeah, yeah, God, for that sure. was that awesome. Was cool. That was I, really cool. I want it. I want to hit a. There's, there's got to be floating dive bar around right here somewhere. We've got to find it. Well, back during We've Prohibition, a lot of the houseboats down there served as speakeasies. Mm -hmm. That's where a lot of people went. So there's got to be one, at least one left. It's got to. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm thinking so. Yeah, that's a project. We got to find it. We also have to go looking for a. Uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. I think they fell in love. Shut the, shut the hell up. Just shut the fuck up. No. Kid. Are you sleepless over that, Lou, thinking about that? <laughs> yeah. I can't stop. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, right. God, we can edit that crap out, right? All right, good. <laughs> so we, we had hoped to get uh, a bartender, the owner's son, on mic, but did... That dude is crazy busy, and whoever was supposed to replace him this shift ain't showed up yet. So <laughs> we've run into this before, though. This yeah. isn't our first uh, experience with yeah, this. Yeah, I, I don't think that's gonna happen. So we're gonna have to pass on that, which is too bad because he's a fountain of information. Yeah, shout out to super, Dylan. Super, super nice. Yeah, super nice guy. Yeah, came up with the idea of the blueberry pie drink, which we can attest is fucking kick ass, right? Very so, tasty. So, so kudos to him, but maybe we'll get him on mic in a future episode. We'll come back. I'd love to come back here and do another episode here, get some folks, uh, maybe even the owner, uh, and talk with them uh, uh, yeah. in an episode. Just come back here and drink or play shuffleboard. Our first Hell live yeah. episode. Play some snooker. Play some snooker. Play some snooker. That's right. Yeah, somebody, somebody, somebody has got to teach us how to play snooker, or at least yeah. teach me how to play snooker because I had no idea. YouTube. Yeah. So I'm looking across the wall, and I'm seeing a jukebox on the wall, internet-connected jukebox. Got to love those things. But I'm thinking what we're listening to, playing through some pretty decent speakers in the, in the bar here, yeah. is not the jukebox. But I don't in think fact, so. the bartender's personal mix. I think it is, yeah. Uh -huh. I think you're right about that. Uh -huh. Yeah, it is, because all these um, internet jukeboxes are touch tunes, right? And they're not on here. Oh, so you can't track like the top yeah, twenty songs or whatever. Yeah, I can see what are listening to here. Okay, but um, what we shocking are that we are not internet connected here at the Zoo Tavern. <laughs> but this is also kind of a live music venue too, or at least it used to be. Back in the day. Back yeah. in the day. Now I don't see yeah. a stage anymore, so I don't think it is any longer. But it would have been where the game room is. Yeah, you can I think see. You're right. Yeah. yeah, I think they the used to. Yeah, they used to have bands were basically where the dartboards are. There are a ton of um, old music flyers, and these are not like, they all look like they were done in the same couple years, and they yeah. were all drawn by the same guy. It's almost like this metal font where it's all kind of, uh, the letters bleed together, you know, like uh, Morbid Necromicon and all those kind of bands, <laughs> whatever. So rock, I took a picture of it and tried to read it. Rock posters, sans serif. 
I could not, yeah, Rock Poster Sans Serif. I cannot see the names. I cannot make out the names of any of them except for Brad. Duffy Bishop? Duffy Bishop. That's Duffy right. Bishop. I thought you were going to say Satan's Pilgrims. No, I can see two. Uh, Duffy Bishop ones. Oh, yeah, Satan's Pilgrims. Did you guys ever see Duffy <laughs> Bishop back in the 90s? She played in Pioneer Maybe. Square quite a bit. And she was great. A blues singing woman, she right? She was a blues singing. She was kind of a Seattle institution back she, in the she day. She played at Sit and Spin, didn't I'm she? sure she did. Yeah. I'm sure she well, did. Yeah. yeah, she's also from those number of 90s bands that played every single weekend somewhere in Seattle. Yeah. Duffy yeah. Bishop, Hit Explosion. Yeah. <laughs> Jumble Lossie. Oh, my God. The Supersonic oh. Soul Pimps. Supersonic Soul Pimps. Yeah. <laughs> Which is almost kind of like a musical genre in and of itself, kind of. What would, I mean, what would you call yeah. it? Like the Seattle bar band yeah. circuit? Yeah. And I don't think they've been replaced, but I think there's still demand. Hit Explosion was basically a cover band. Yeah. They're still around. They're still touring. Are they? Still doing, oh, yeah. Still doing their thing. Oh, yeah. Did you, guys ever, did you ever see Hit Explosion? Many yes. times. They were so entertaining. So fun. Did you ever see Hit Explosion? Crazy fun. A little before my time. A little before your yeah, time. Crazy yeah. fun. Well, not too late. Yeah. You can still go see them. Yeah. Still playing the same Still playing song. the same exact fucking songs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Supersonic Soul Pimps are exactly what it sounds like. Yep. They were a 90s. Like funk. Bu- bunch of white guys playing funk. Yep. With big, uh, big, big furry hats. hats on. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers B League. Kind of. Or C League. C League Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's actually, that's actually a good description, yeah. Yeah. And then Jumbalossi was kind of like a... Were, were, they, were they reggae? Yeah, yeah. They were like a reggae band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were all fun bands to see, though. Yeah. Long story short... The music, which I again I think is the bartender's DJ mix. Yeah, that's right. The, uh, pretty good, pretty some good of shit. These internet jukeboxes some old blues and look. some. Uh, we we had some Bob Marley playing before and like some Otis Redding or something and yeah. some Floyd, good shit. Groove me. There's some good shit. No, really good. So Jeremy, maybe uh, you want to close this out. All right, we're about ready to wrap it up. So All this right, is knocking on the head. This has been some good shit here at the Zoo Tavern on East Lake. One of my favorites, like I said before, I would love to come back and do a, a redo here. Um, maybe get the bartender, yeah, get Dylan on the, mic. the owner, the bartender, yeah. the owner's son, bartender on mic. He's an interesting guy. He teased us, hinted us that he had a, what did he call it? A, a chest. A treasure chest, chest. A treasure chest of, of Eastlake Zoo gold. Gold, yeah, gold, and especially uh, memorabilia about the uh, the baseball leagues that were associated with drinking establishments way back in the day. I and think that was just a thing back in the seventies. Oh, they had man. softball leagues and oh yeah, what did they, oh, it was called the derelict bar league. Derelict yeah. bar league. Oh yeah. my god, just the name of it sounds fucking epic. And it epic. contains two of the bars we've already been to. The That's Duchess, right. Yep. The zoo. We can make the connections. Yep. Well, it's probably not going to be the last, so I think this is going to be something we're going to be exploring again down the road. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We we might have to add add like a baseball slash softball slash sports league kind of segment to the to the podcast or something at some point because there's there's clearly history there that we need to unpack. That that is for another episode. All right, we're wrapping it up. Uh, This has been good lights and good drinks. Uh, Thanks for listening. Jeremy, Brad, Lou, and Bob. We will see you next time. Until next time.